Well, good morning, church family. Yeah, thank y'all. Thank you, front row. Appreciate y'all. Man, I was telling last service that, man, I'm growing out my hair because I'm trying to get in season five of The Chosen. All right? I mean, you know, I'm just trying to get there. I'm trying to get a little longer. Someone told me early after service that I look like Peter, you know? So, hey, you know, man, this, if you see me, you know, I'm just letting you know. I gave you a heads up now, okay? Get your autographs when you can. No, but, uh, but no, we've been in this series called Set Apart over the last five weeks, right? We've seen how God has set us apart for a purpose, something in which he called us to. And so today we're going to look at something a little different. We're going to look at holiness lived. How do you live a life of holiness, right? Our main text is going to be in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. Would you please stand with me as we read and honor God's word this morning? And this is what it says. It says, In you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. At this time, you can be seated. Let us, let us pray this morning to receive what God has. Father God, we thank you. God, that your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through Christ Jesus. So, Father, we, we pray for the word this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit would help us surrender in, in, in submission of what you've called us to. God, a life lived of holiness. So, Jesus, we thank you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I once uh, last year I had an opportunity. I was invited out to a concert. And man, at the end of the concert, have you ever been to a concert that it was so good? It was so amazing. You're screaming, you're yelling, and your voice just starts getting a little, little hoarse. Yeah, you know, and so, man, this was me, man, my, my voice was hoarse by the end of the concert, my shirt was saturated in tears, and I'm just like, man, I'm just, I'm just going through a lot right now. It was just a lot of emotions happening in this moment, and no one could stop me as I was walking through the curtain, going backstage, and to see my new favorite gospel artist, okay, and... Man, there we go. So CC Winans, we were invited to go see CC Winans here, and it was, it was an amazing moment. You know, as everyone else was leaving their leaving and packing up their belongings, here we are, going through the curtain. Man, and I promise you, as I went through the curtain, I felt like my my FICO score, my you know my um, what is it? You got it. There you go. All those things just went up. It just went up because it was just this moment of like, man, I'm experiencing this new status of what it meant to be very, uh, a very important person, right? VIP status. I'm more of a, you know, ordinary, regular person, you know, ORP. You know, that's just kind of my status for most of my life. It's been that. And I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that when like, you just got to experience just that, you know, maybe it's business class. Maybe it was just something extra that you're like, man, this is what it feels like to have this type of status, right? And this is just what happened last year. And it wasn't, you know, we had a special connection. You know, it was a friend, a family member, someone sitting here in this area over here. I won't point them out too much. But it was through his relationship that we got to experience this type of status. 
right? This, this ability to, to see and meet, you know, C.C. Winans. And, and I think it's, it's very interesting because this is what Paul is addressing something similar here in our, in our main text, but something even more meaningful, something even more permanent, where mine was just temporary. This, what Paul is addressing, is something that's eternal. So this, our big idea this morning is this, made right to live right. Everyone say it, made right, made right. to live right. Thank you. So it's essentially, it's just that Jesus gives us a new status of righteousness that enables us to live the daily process of a holy life. That's kind of a mouth, mouthful, right? That's why made right to live right. It's pretty simple. But this morning, we're going to look at three observations from this text. And it's this. The first one is condition. Man, our condition. Secondly, our position. And lastly, Submission. See, Paul is writing to the church of Colossae, a city prosperous in many ways, and they were devoted to pagan gods. They were devoted to dramas and plays. They were devoted to gladiator games. Have you ever watched Russell Crowe and Gladiator? I mean, this is just what's happening in this city. It's, it was a melting pot of cultures. Many roads led through this place. And here is this church in the middle of this place. And here are a people in this church, and they started off strong in their faith, following Jesus, seeing God do amazing things. But soon, sooner or later, they start struggling with their faith, start struggling with their way forward. Man, can, can some of y'all relate this morning? I mean, have you, have you been there when it's like, man, like I'm struggling with my faith, I'm going to church, I'm doing these things, but yet... I just don't feel the same as I once did. Man, what's wrong? What's happening? Why isn't my relationship with God going alongside of other people, growing and thriving? And this is Paul's words to the church of Colossae, and I hope this is encouragement to you this morning. And this is what we read in our main text, verse 21. And it says, And you who once were, everyone say once were, alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Once were. This is a time stamp about something that used to be true. This used to be true. This was Paul's describing the symptoms of the human condition caused by the fall that happened in the Garden of Eden. And Pastor Edgar talked about this a couple weeks ago. In this scripture, in scripture, it, re it records the spiraling downward of what happens when man decides to take things in his own way and tries to cover his own sin apart from God. See, when we cover our sin apart from God, we can't do anything but cover it up with lies, deceit, denial, right? It's not me, it was them, right? This is what Adam's sin was. He was like, man, God is the woman that you gave casting blame on someone else. And this is all because of our sinful condition. Once again, Paul says, and you once were. You once were. Paul reveals three distinct symptoms of our human condition, right? He says that you were alienated, which meaning this, not owned by God, hostile in mind, meaning you didn't have the peace of God. Lastly, doing evil deeds, meaning that you didn't have God's righteousness, lacking his righteousness. 
This is the permanent state of the human condition without God's divine intervention. We are permanently tormented. We are permanently broken. We are permanently restless. This is who you once were. This is what Paul is telling them, reminding them of their former condition, their life before they came to follow Jesus. What's interesting is that this word alienated in the Greek means this, to transfer to another owner. To transfer to another owner. The transfer of ownership, right? So the transfer of ownership was from God to Satan and self affected us both in mind as well as in behavior. That we were no longer owned by God. That in that decision in the fall we would transfer ownership and now we are doing evil deeds, walking in the ways in which the enemy is Satan walks. Belonging to the race of Adam, we were born alienated from God. Right? We all came from that initial seed from Adam. Then as individuals, this is what happened. Then we choose to accept and embrace that alienation with our wicked ways, our wicked works. Living a life contrary to what God has called us to. See, Paul is reminding the church of the sin that God has separated them from. Just as God did for Paul. And here's a few of Paul's sins. Like Paul wasn't always the, the great author, the great leader of, that we saw, that we read. But he also had a past. This is his conversion. This is what happened in his life. In Acts 8.1, we see that Paul is approving that Stephen's execution. That Stephen was executed by stoning. That he attacked Christians, persecuting them um, by compulsion. Like, man, he just did not like anyone who was a Christian. He was breathing out threats. He had letters sealed, giving him authority to be able to take anyone who confessed the name of Jesus to jail and persecuted the way. The way is what the Christians would have been called in that time period. Paul was once alienated doing evil deeds, but God gave him a new status, a new position. Just as he did for the church there, and just as he's done for you. As we pick up in our main text, Colossians 1.22, we see this. It says, it reads this way. It says, he is now, everyone say now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. See, these things that are listed in verse 21, that you were alienated, that you were hostile in mind, that you're doing evil deeds, is all being reversed because of what Christ did on the cross. We were once alienated. That means that Jesus, that in Jesus, we are no longer alienated. And the difference between a believer and a non-believer, one who follows Jesus and one who does not, is not just forgiveness, that God just forgave you, but there is a complete change of status. There's a complete change in your position. See, verse 21 and 22 records that transition of your position. It records it there is that you once were to, but now. But now. Church, man, you once were alone and isolated and depressed, but now you have the gift of having a relationship with God, knowing him, walking in his authority, experiencing his peace, his love, his power, and his confidence. And this is kind of my story that I was depressed, but encountering the love of God 
He drew me in, and now I walk in the authority and joy that he's given me. Man, I once struggled with addictions and of a multitude, but now I live in freedom because that's the price that God paid for us, that we will live a life worthy of the calling that he's given us, free from sin. I'm reminded of uh, a couple of my two good friends. Um, one was playing football at Texas State. One was looking for a place to sign. He was at a scouting trip, and he was trying to find which school am I going to sign at. And um, my uh, one friend would just call him Bill, you know, to make it easy. Bill and Todd, you know, for the story's sake. Uh, well, Bill comes and meets Todd and man, shows him a great time on campus. And they do all the things that, you know, most, not all college students, but other college students do, you know. Um, and then Todd, man, Bill, well, Todd was like, man, dude, I'm signing. Man, this place is great. This is amazing. Man, I have to come here. Man, like, it's tons of parties, tons of girls. He ends up signing only that summer, only to find out that during that summer, Bill gets radically saved, that God transforms his life, reconciles him, and, and then Todd was like, dude, what the heck? I mean, who is this guy? I don't recognize you anymore. I don't understand what's happening, but this is what happens when we see and encounter a living, mighty, amazing God, that when he, we become reconciled in him, there's a new status and position, and there's just a moment of time where Bill just gets transformed by God as well. And lives a life righteous and holy to him, reconciled through Jesus. And this is interesting because, because all things, as we saying earlier this morning, all things were created by God, through God. That means that all things must be reconciled through him as well. That if there's anything not in right standing, if anything that's causing a, a rift in that relationship, it can only be reconciled through Jesus. See, that God's answer to the problem of alienation is reconciliation. That's God's answer to that problem. When we accept Jesus, God reversed the work of sin completely. And God gave us a new position as sons and daughters made righteous so we can live holy lives. Holiness, the, the Greek word holiness, the definition says this, likeness with the Lord different from the world. Different from the world. It means caring for what God cares about. It's longing for what he longs for and submitting ourselves to him and to him alone. That there's no other one that we are moving aside and say, God, that you have everything that we're submitting to you. See, Colossians 1.23, our, our last part of our main text, reveals a prerequisite to holiness. It reads, if, everyone say if. If needed, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope to the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. See, the word if tells us that we cannot live a holy life unless that we continue in the faith, right? Remain stable and steadfast, shifting our hope. And essentially we're saying that a holy life is a life that is submitted. It's a life under submission. See, we, when we shift our hope from God and we shift ourselves 
then we shift ourselves out of submission. And we end up putting our hope in something else, maybe ourselves, maybe something that we think can give us what God can't. Whatever we think may be best, it's actually impossible for you and I to live a holy life. There's no way for us to do so. See, the word submission is not one that really has the most positive connotation today. Especially, you know, when I'm on the college campus and I'm talking to people and I hear this, you know, man, put yourself first, right? You run your life. You do what is best for you and you figure out the rest later. See, we're living in a self-prioritizing society that is about putting ourselves first amongst all things. But the, the Greek word submission is a military term. For those who are in the military or were in the military, it's a military term that means to get under and then to lift up. To get under and lift up and, and living a holy life and in likeness with the Lord and being unlike the world, this is what holiness is, we get under the authority of the Lord and lift the name of Jesus up high who's deserving, he's the only one deserving, he was the, he's the first place in our lives. He's first over all things. He's first over my wife and my kids and my job. He's first over everything else. God comes first. This is where our Scott Pace says, he says it this way. He says, as the Lord of creation, Jesus wants and is worthy to occupy first place in our worship. As the head of the church, Jesus desires and deserves first place in our work. And as the Savior of the cross, Jesus compels and commissions us to honor him with first place in our witness. This is who God calls us to be cause his place to be in our hearts, to, to reign and be first in all things. And I love this last part that it says first place in our witness, that if we are submitted to God and we lift up his name, then we also know that one of the biggest things in his heart is to love and reach other people. That he's invited us to be a part of surrendering what we think is best and accepting what he's called us to. In the same way he's reconciled us, he's called us to reconcile us, uh, others to him as well. See, Jesus is the first and only one to reverse the condition of our sin, to change the position in our lives to sons and daughters, and really to demonstrate a life of true submission. In the same way, Paul reminded the church of Colossae, let us not forget how through his sacrifice we are made righteous. And, and so that we can live a holy life. Church, we were made right to live right. Man, you were made right to live right. This morning, I, I want to take a moment just to be able to, to pray to, for two different groups of people. Maybe you came in this morning and you are feeling that, that weight or feeling that distance, like the church in Colossae where they're just struggling with their faith. And they're kind of feeling stuck. I mean, I've, I've done 
you know, I've done church. I, I went to life group. I, I, I've done this. Man, I want to encourage you this morning. Man, remember who you once were. But now, this is who you are. And sometimes we have to be reminded of who we are now and walk in faith of who God has called us to continue to walk in. Man, for the second group of people, maybe you said, man, I, I kind of believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in that story, in that narrative. But I haven't truly, like, submitted to his authority in my life. I mean, I don't live a life of submission. I still kind of reign and do what I think is best in, with all things. And maybe this morning God is tugging on your heart to say, hey, man, lay this down. Lay this down and walk in submission and, and see what happens when you do so. See how you experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. See how you walk in the authority and confidence because that only comes from me. If you close your eyes this morning, let me pray for you. Father God, we, we thank you because you know our needs. God, you know who we once were, and there is no way or shape or form that we can actually bridge that gap. But you sent your son to die for us, to make us holy, blameless, reconciled in relationship with you. Father, there are some people here this morning who are feeling the weight of being separated from you. God, and we pray for them, knowing that you and you alone are the solution that you are first, that you want to be first in everything. Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, God, that you give them the power to surrender it all, to trust you. Father, and for those who've been struggling lately, those who are heavy laden and overwhelmed with life and they're like the, the church in the middle of a place, the church of Colossae, in the middle of a place where there's culture is really just, you know, shifting and really just uh, affecting what you initially started. God, I pray right now, God, that they're reminded of who they were and who you've called them to. God, that there is power when we remember the gospel of Jesus. That it was through your life, death, and resurrection that we are made whole and made holy. Father, bless your people this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.